And now for the latest episode of Hofran Reads a Menu. Today we'll be reading a Denny's menu from the famous Denny's. Take it away, me. Oh, how I yearn for the crazy spicy bowl, chorizo sausage, fire roasted bell peppers and onions, mushrooms, jalapeno, and seasoned red skinned potatoes, topped with grilled seasoned chicken breast, cheddar cheese, and a spicy five pepper sauce and pepper jack queso. This has been another riveting episode of Hofran Reads a Denny's Menu. And now, on with the show. Welcome, my spooky, scary skeletons, to the one place where magical marvels mesmerize and mystify your magnificent memories. The stage is set, the candles have been lit, and the bloody symbols on the floor can only mean one thing. It's time for Silver Lining Cinema! Welcome everyone to yet another episode of Silver Lining Cinema. I know five, five episodes, five. Put the put the no, no, no noise for for five episodes. All right, fine. You friggin' dicks. Anyway, um, thank you so much for being here with me today. I, as I always, am your uh, delectable host, Mr. Hofran Mendez. And uh, Hofran got thoughts. Hofran's got some thoughts. Yeah, I'm Elmo now. I speak in the third person. Um, before we get into our review for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I have to say it that way from now on. Uh, I started, I started contemplating my own relationship with movies. Uh, this show was built on the idea of providing constructive criticism with also some more, how do I put it, more empathetic and respectful tones towards the people making these movies. Uh, it's I've always said that uh, a bad movie isn't the result of just one uh, person. It's really just a a cascade effect in that, you know, when it, when it, it, it loses track somewhere along the road. Um, so I was thinking about if we were to do a rating system, uh, like what would, what would the silver lining rankings be uh, in this show? And, uh, I took some time to think of it. I, I, I stared at the sun, uh, for about, for about a good hour. And, uh, after that hour, while the paramedics were tending to my, uh, third degree burns in my retinas, it came to me. I went, Eureka! And then they said, sit down! You're going blind! So, the point is that I, I started thinking about my, how what my relationship with movies was like. And the way that I think of films, and at least th moving forward, this is going to be my own personal, uh, I guess, rankings system for films. I encourage you to create your own. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to ratings, rankings, or how we look at film, it very much isn't a end-all, be-all, uh, an end-all, be-all 
criticism on objective, uh, objectively on the film itself. It's more of what our relationship with film is. So my relationship with, with film is mainly based on replayability and uh, repeatability. Repeatability. When you when you repeatability a lot of things, well, that means that you just want to go back into it. So this, what is my repeatability? Repeatability. How often do I watch movies? Um, for those who don't know me that well, uh, I am one that will watch a movie over a good movie. I will watch over a good six to seven times in theaters. That is a but before. But it's it's more about how I go into watching a movie. So, without further ado, da -da 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 -da, I introduce to you the first ever silver lining ranking system. So the silver linings ranking is on a one to five scale. We're gonna go through each one of these ranks because. It's, it's curious. These ranks aren't necessarily based on how good a film was to me. It's more about the general experience I had with said film and how what was what was the emotional reaction that I had when I first saw it? Was I giddy? Was I a little bit like, hey, it was cool that I treat it like a like a stale nugget at, at, at Wendy's? Or did I shake babies as I yelled at them like, did you say how great this movie was? So that's kind of the way we go about it. Uh, so let's go through that, shall we? Let's, let's, go into this, let's go into this ranking system. Uh, I think you would be very pleasantly surprised at uh, some of the categories and... Uh, specifications of what makes uh, what makes a silver linings ranking happen. So let's start with number one. A one, a one out of five. Baby, that's the one and done. That is a one and done. That is, I can only see this movie once, and I think I've, I'm good. I don't need any more. I don't need anything else. I just need to just see it, and that's it. Like, went, like went, the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am of, of movies. So... Here's where this gets interesting. Um, one and Dones have a general spectrum of films that fall into it, but there is a... What, what would be a one and done? Um, and Night Shyamalan's Glass. Uh, for, I, won't, I won't get into it in, in terrible detail because this is a show promoting uh, positivity and optimism towards uh, the film community, but... Uh, I hated Glass with an undying passion. I kept uh, yelling at the screen in my mind because uh, Sarah Paulson would not fucking shut up throughout the goddamn movie. I don't mind when a movie gives exposition. I do mind when a movie tells me what is happening in the movie as I am watching it. I kept looking at this bitch like, shut up. I'm trying to see the movie. Like, stop telling me about it like it's it's very much like i went to see it for the sake of seeing it and i wanted to form an opinion and i was done i that is a one and done so do one and dones necessarily mean that it's a bad movie uh not 
necessarily, my uh, dear uh, listener. One and Dunn's can also can one and Dunn's also can be applied to films to great films, but maybe films that had such a powerful and deep emotional impact in within your heart, your soul, your mind that it's just it's a difficult film to see again. Uh, two one and Dunn's that were very, very hard for me. Uh, to deal with uh, the first one, surprisingly enough, is Logan. Uh, Logan is an amazing film. It's a beautiful film that very much blurs the line between the popcorn fodder action uh, uh, action comic book movie and just a very like d- depressing and tragic and unfortunate like tale of a man just coming to terms with his either irrelevance, his age, his the, the end of his of his days. And let's not even get into uh, one of the more one of the most powerful minds in uh, mutant history, Charles Xavier, having dementia. And for me, that was a that was a very, very hard just hard to swallow film because uh, at the time I was going through a very personal, experience dealing with a family member who had succumbed to dementia and Alzheimer's. So seeing these characters that I grew up grew up with and seeing them go through all these these terrible like this such a tragic tragic experience it was very much uh, a heartbreaking film going experience. I loved the film. I love how beautifully it's shot. I love the script, but I've only seen uh, I've only seen Logan once. And un- unless I am at a friend's house or it is or I'm active or I'm passively uh, or it is passively on where some I, I will try to watch it, but I will tend to steer away because of how powerful a lot of the scenes in the in the movie are. Uh, another another one and done for me is Black Swan uh, by Darren Aronofsky. Uh, Black Swan is a fantastic film, but the the story its story is something that not even me i think a lot of creatives uh understand where where this this idea where the story comes from i mean s- damaging your psyche and your 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 mental health in order to channel all that pain into your art uh Man, I I don't need that. I don't need to see that. Be reminded of that. Be given a memo, a, a card, a, a, a po- I don't need to have that in my face when it's something that I've I used to you to bullshit, used to struggle with uh, uh, with my self esteem. So again, it's a beautiful movie, but it's one that I've I thought I think I've only seen it once in theaters, and I saw it. Uh, twice, I, I suffer a second time uh, a couple years later, and couldn't even finish it because it's just—it's a very, very heavy movie. Um, I've—I haven't seen it, but I've heard *Requiem for a Dream* is very much a similar case. Like I know people who have only seen that movie once because of how powerful it is and how just uh, soul-crushing it can be. But, but yeah, that's the one and done. That's a, that's a one and done. Like thank you, thank you very much. For, uh, one and done. Thank you. So, next. That's a one in the silver ranking system. A two, a two is a good old fashioned. 
It's not a movie I hate. It's not a movie I love. It's a good old fashioned. You ever sitting on a Sunday with nothing to do, uh, just staring at the TV? It's it's TNT, and then a movie you haven't seen in a while comes on, and you don't you don't have the the the, the energy or the the sense in wanting to change it. Well, that's a, that's a good old fashioned. That's a two out of five. A good old fashioned. No one. You know, it's a Sunday on TNT kind of movie. You got nothing else to do. You're eating a sandwich full of jelly beans and uh, Marmadukes. I don't know what a Marmaduke is, but I just like the word, not the dog. I just don't know what the hell a Marmaduke is. Uh, just full of jelly beans, Marmaduke, and mayonnaise. Just sitting there. What? That's a good old-fashioned. What movies fall under a good old-fashioned? Um, right now, first one that comes at the top of my head, Man of Steel. Man of Steel is very much a good old-fashioned, and Man of Steel is a perfect example of how this rating system can be used, because you can, a, a rating can change over time. There are films that you will want to repeat over and over and over again, and there are movies that you just, you saw a number of times that it just falls to the, to the good old-fashioned category. Man of Steel was like that for me. Man of Steel was rated a little bit higher on the list when it first came out, but after a while and after uh, time took its effect, uh, it, it just, I, just could, I don't actively seek it out. If, it, if it's on TV and I'm hanging out with my dad and Man of Steel comes on, hells yeah, I'll watch it. But uh, I, it's not... One, good old fashions are films that I don't necessarily have to look for actively if, if I've seen better or more favorable examples of it elsewhere. So that's a, that's a good old fashioned. Good old fashioned. Uh, number three, number three is a, uh, I call it Clips and Bits with Chips. Clips and Bits with Chips are films that I thoroughly enjoyed, but in segments. Uh, it's, it's, it's movies that have a lot of really great scenes all together, but maybe cohesively they don't work as well. Uh, they don't... It's not as co it's not as cohesive. It, the, the the story doesn't flow well together. So it'll have a lot of really amazing moments that I just want to go on YouTube and watch clips of it over and over and over again, and not necessarily want to see the movie from beginning to end. Interesting thing about clips and bits is that clips and bits with chips is where a lot of movies will tend to end up after uh, the the passage of time has taken place. Um, there are movies that, again, rank a little bit higher, but sometimes don't, uh, I don't necessarily want to watch the whole thing. I got, I got stuff to do. I got, uh, uh, underpants to fold. I got, uh, things to vacuum. I have podcasts to record. Uh, and I just want to watch really good scenes that are, that capture, whether it's, uh, acting, whether it's the performance, cinematography, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's, there's many different reasons why I'll just want to watch a clip for it. Uh, examples of films that are like this. The first one that came, that comes to mind is amazing Spider-Man two, amazing Spider-Man two with Andrew Garfield is I think my favorite Garf, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man movie, 
But the problem with that movie is that it has a lot of bits that are incredibly disjointed and it has too much happening at once. But individually, there are scenes in that film that are beautiful and magical. The the final scene, anything with, with Peter and the little science fair kid in that movie, like those heartfelt moments, they're amazing. Uh, the, the first, the opening sequence of that film, it's fantastic. Like it's very, very Spider-Man. Uh, even like his fight with Electro, like every act, every, uh, every set piece in that film and every interaction with Gwen and, and Pete is really, really, really good. I enjoy, I love the hell out of it, but it's not a movie that I actively desire to want to see from beginning to end. So I just watch it on YouTube. It's, it's, it's a YouTube clip movie. Another one is Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, I watched it again when Endgame came out a couple years ago, uh, but it's it, it's almost in the good old-fashioned category in the sense that if it shows up, I'll play it, but there are a lot of elements of that film that individually, a lot of moments that I do like to watch over and over and over again, And but it, again, it's, all, it's one of those films that same thing with Amazing Spider-Man 2 has a lot of... It's a, it's a lot to unpack in one film. So maybe cohesively the thing doesn't, doesn't pull together as, as well as it wanted to, but it has a lot of amazing bits in it. So that's my number three, clips and bits with chips. Now, now we started getting into the... Now we're getting into the really juicy stuff. Mm. We go to number four where in the in a number four category is now we enter... Pause for effect. The hype stream! When a film enters the hype stream, this is that baby shaking thing I was talking about earlier. When a film enters the hype stream, you walk out of the theater and you just kick a door down and you pick up the next person you see and you go, that movie was the shit! And then you yell at them. For about a good hour, just ah, the movie was amazing. Ah! Fucking hype stream movies are awesome. No Way Home was a perfect hype stream movie. It was a great four out of five. Um, God, what was the last hype stream movie I can clearly say that I saw? Uh, man, Sonic Two was a pretty hype stream movie, but that was a personal choice as I grew up on Sonic. But I. Uh, it, it's movie think of a movie you walked out of Pacific Rim Pacific Rim is a great hype stream movie the reason why it's called the hype stream it goes back to the idea of the act of searching clips and bits with chips for example it's stuff I will look up on YouTube enter the hype stream it's a this category is very specific because it it has evolved with the evolution of streaming services Back in the day, a number four was a movie that I would actively try to go out and purchase. Uh, it was an, a movie I would actively go try out and buy, own the DVD, um, and just have it in my possession. Uh, but now, with the uh, 29 different streaming services out in the market right now, Enter the Hype Stream is a film that maybe I won't buy the DVD. That's It's very rare for me to do that nowadays. But it's good enough to where I will want to watch it from beginning to end and actively look for it in any kind of streaming service. Uh, no, Way oh, no Way Home is a good example once it comes out on a streaming service. What are other hype stream movies? I said Pacific Rim. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the the Marvel uh, on the Marvel way because it's the closest thing I can think of right now. Um, the first Guardians movie was hype stream as hell. Like that's a that's a movie I genuinely genuinely enjoyed. Uh, Ant-Man was also pretty hype stream. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I won't get into too many details because this is also a ranking system that I came up with about a week ago. Uh, but it's it, the idea is that you, it's, it's the hype. It's the hype of, of coming out of a film and wanting and just having to go to see it the moment it comes out in theaters and then the moment it comes out on streaming. That's number four. But Hofrang, you might be asking, if that's... A number four, what's a number, what's a number five? What's a, what's a perfect five out of five movie for Mr. Silver Lining Cinema? A number five, are number five movies are, are a, a, a few, come, are, are, are few and far between. I can count them with my hand, but uh, there's no words for a, move, for a number five. The only way to describe a number five film is with a sound, to the noise, it's an expression. It's the, the release of emotion, of energy, of just all that accumulated excitement when you come out of a film. And a number five can only be described as oh god oh god hey man you want to watch spider verse the spider verse that's right people Number five is Vinegar Strokes, or Jizz Face, or the Andy Sandberg gif of him going, that's a number five. What are number five movies? Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Mad, Mad Max Fury Road. Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, God. Baby Driver. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Those. Oh, God. Hang on. Hang on. Whew. Huh. Whew. Oh God. Hang on. Is, is no one gonna no one else gonna say another movie? Okay, good. I can't take I can't take this. I can't take this. The incredible <laughs> That's number five, Jizz. It's the it's 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 the movie jizz when you just get like all tingly in a movie and you know what sometimes sometimes a number five doesn't even have to be the vinegar stroke you get the vinegar stroke but you just stand there in awe and then it hits you the moment you start talking about it like oh man do you remember remember World's End like that World's End was so great with all the all the different like. Uh, numeric uh, references and the way that it, it became like a uh, and and the, the twist in it and then suddenly you, anything with that right is just okay I'll stop and that is a five so as you can see one to five we got the good that we got the one and done the good old fashioned clips and bits with chips 
Enter the hype stream. And once more, and I know you're gonna get to, gonna get sick of this. And that is the silver linings ranking system. And as I said, I I I this is for my own personal reference, uh, due to the way that I. I watch movies over and over and over again, but you know what? I encourage you. I encourage you to, to think about your own relationship with film and, and cinema. And the good thing is that this doesn't even have to apply just to movies. Uh, you can use this, you can apply this for music, whether it's an album you can watch from beginning to end, uh, some of your favorite songs. It's, it's about your own personal, like it's about establishing your own personal r relationship with the art you consume, appreciate, or admire, and uh, how you want to share it with people, how you want to talk about it. Uh, my ass is sitting here recording an entire podcast about the things that I love, so that's my relationship with it. So, you know what? I encourage you to go out there. Go out there and think about what your relationship with cinema is, and who knows? Create your own rating system. Maybe... Uh, maybe a good old fashioned for me is either a one and done or a clips and bits with chips with you. Or if a movie has to go into the hype stream, go why? Like, what exactly is the distinction between a hype stream and a movie? That could be an interesting thing to go to explore later in the future once we go into more reviews. But yeah, that uh, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. And I think I just used this entire thing to just make orgasm noises <laughs> into this microphone and uh and you know what i'm proud of that i'm proud of the work i've done i'm proud of the you know let's let's talk about dr strange this episode is brought to you by spooky donuts are you feeling lonely do you wish that you could converse with your favorite daytime snack well Look no further than Spooky Donuts. Using our patented afterlife system, we can incorporate the spirits of those gone from this mortal realm and trap them in your preferred pastry. Miss your grandma? Well, you, we can infuse her soul into our delicious orange pineapple jelly donut. Or stuff that guava chocolate donut with Abraham Lincoln's ghost. Ooh! Four score and seven donuts ago, you would have never dreamed of such a delicious treat. Spooky donuts. Summon yours today. Tu mi siete brujeria. multiverso con tu mi siete brujeria. Tu mi siete brujeria. Ay, brujeria, 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 brujeria. Esta no es la fantasía. Vamos a la Doctor Strange aquí tonight. Brujeria, brujeria. Multiverso, brujeria. Doctor Strange está bien raro, está aquí tonight. Ah, diablos, me quedo fea. Talk about let's talk about multiverse of madness featuring let's talk about wanda and the multiverse featuring dr strange I, that, that's right i said it i said it this is this is very much a dr strange movie yes but it is also very much a wanda maximoff the scarlet witch movie like it's just it's just 
It's just as fucking. It's the same goddamn movie. Okay. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, 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 not Kate Beckinsale. What's the uh the the chick from Mean Girls and uh a bunch of people that I can't say right now until we get to spoiler territory, the spooky spoilers. So stick around if you want to hear that. Um, first impressions of the movie. Uh, saw it once. Um, when I left the theater. No, let me let me let me reset that. When the movie ended and I sat in the theater, I remember thinking to myself, like, "Wow, I had a really good time. I had a very good time. I had a splendiferous time." If actually, if you really were to think about it, uh, if I were to think about it, but what what kind of struck me was that I. I didn't find myself at a place like jumping for joy. Maybe, maybe that's on me. I didn't find myself going like grabbing onto my seat and shaking like a sugared up baby, just convulsing from all the hype. Like I didn't, I didn't feel anything like that, but I had a really great time. This movie, first impressions wise, when I left the theater, this felt very much like, it felt, like a like a full course meal and you left you thought the dessert was going to fill you up a little bit more or you thought maybe the appetizer wasn't going to take up so much space or you didn't think the uh you didn't think the the main course was going to be uh so much meat uh, that reference will make sense to the people who know who already saw the movie uh it's just all this blood everywhere um but it was a full course meal nonetheless with really good food. Um, a lot of snacks, a lot of uh, healthy proteins, a lot of uh, nice like nice carbohydrates for the soul and for the mind and for the, for the spirit that opens the portals to the next dimension of the things and the Ooh, spooky spells. Anyway. So first impressions, I think what I'm trying to say, the long convoluted road to where we are right now, is that I really liked the movie, but I think my expectations weren't met. It's not that I was disappointed, it's that my expectations were not met, and those two things are completely different from one another. That's me being nice. I really liked it. I, I really liked it. Uh, Let's let's talk about what what fucking worked. You know what really worked? The horror, the spoopy stories, the spoopy shots and the spoopy takes. Like, yeah, people have been talking about. Oh, it's Sam Ray. I know it's Sam Raimi. It is, but but you know what? The style is something that I give it major top mar top marks on, and I'll tell you why. Marvel movies are often criticized for having even though they multiple planes of let's call it marvel already has established multiple realms and each realm is uh uh connected 
to a specific aesthetic or a specific, I just love that word, a specific aesthetic or look and style to it. So we know what space Marvel looks like. We know what magical Marvel looks like. We know what technological Marvel looks like. We know what secret agent Marvel looks like. Like every, we know all the different types of Marvel and no Marvel style has really played with horror. Because sometimes, you know, it's a space opera, it's a heist, uh, it's a political thriller, it's a uh, Afrofuturistic story. Like sometimes it's uh, the the big the big comic book style movie. There hasn't been an attempt at making a Marvel style horror comic book movie, and this movie did that in buckets, just buckets, and it's pouring buckets of, pouring buckets of horror everywhere, uh, and man, like, there were, there were scenes, there were scenes in this film where I legitimately, and I never do this, there are scenes in this movie that I legitimately looked at and, and I said, and I turned into a white suburban mom going, think of the children! Will you please think of the children? Yeah, it's, I gave a shit about the children. That's, that's how messed up this movie gets sometimes. And I was, I was impressed. I was severely impressed that they decided to go that route. Push it to the, push it to the proper, uh, let's call it, push it to the proper borders of what you can do horror, but still be like a PG-13 movie with little to no blood. You know what I mean? Like the the style, even the way the camera was shot was really, really, uh, was not Marvel Studios-esque. I will say that that it, in, in it being one of the movie's pros, I will also flip the other side of the coin. And it's, it's not necessarily a con, it's, this movie left me wanting something more in a different context. Let me explain. Um, this movie is a straight-up Sam Raimi movie he made for Marvel. Most Marvel movies are just directors trying to do what Marvel's asking them. Um, for those who don't know, uh, director Edgar Wright, he's done, uh, oh god, the Cornetto Trilogy, which consists of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Baby Driver, and recently Last Night in Soho, he also did this, uh, he's, he worked with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost a lot, he did a show called Spaced, which was really awesome. Uh, Edgar Wright's the shit. So, Edgar Wright was the one director in Hollywood at the time who wanted to play play the, the, Marvel, the Marvel movie game, and he wanted to do Ant-Man. He wanted to do Ant-Man so much, or, or so hard, or so much that he went ahead and did, and shot his own pilot demo of like a scene in Ant-Man. And the final scene you see it in the movie. It's when he gets short, runs across the dude's like gun, uh, the barrel of his gun, and then punches him. Like that whole scene, like that was that Edgar Wright wrote that scene, and then he used that as a pitch, kind of like the way the 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 dead the, the leaked Deadpool footage when the when before the first movie came out. So like that. Um, so Edgar Wright was gonna do Ant-Man, and let me tell you, an Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie would have made every other Marvel movie just blown it out of the water. Every, like, single, like, like, uh, 
like individual character Marvel movie because that would have been a dope movie. That that movie would have been Thor Ragnarok before Taika Waititi came along. That's how good I thought the Ant-Man movie was going to be. But but uh Ant-Man. Ant-Man left uh cuz uh Edgar Wright had a problem with the movie. No, I'm just kidding. Edgar Wright left uh before early production because apparently he it's creative differences which happens. But pretty much what he said was that he wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie and Marvel wanted Edgar Wright to make a Marvel movie. So it's very much, they just wanted him for the name. They didn't necessarily want his visual style. So he quit, Peyton Reed took over, the movie looks like the way it does now, which is great. I love Ant-Man. I, I thought it was one of those weird underdog type, like underdog archetype characters that I never thought I was gonna see on screen. And I'm really glad that I did because I love uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd makes that shit work. Anyway, back to the Doctor Strange. <gasps> So this movie is very much ingrained into its visual style. This movie left me wanting to see Edgar Wright's Ant-Man more than anything. And I hope Marvel takes a cue out of this to see that giving very, like, let's call it extreme visual styles sometimes helps for a movie. It really does, especially now that we've been, what, 10 to 12 years in the Marvel factory? It's going to grow stale eventually even me the optimist i've i've been keenly aware of it i keep saying endgame was something that was 10 years in the making what are they going to do to build that up and i can say that everything i've seen in phase four so far it some of it's been rocky but all in all it's a solid attempt and successfully so at times at trying to keep life out of something that was meant to be the biggest pop culture event of the century and now we're like now what so, all in all, I'm really pro uh, experimental styles for Marvel movies, and this movie does a great job at it. All something else, it does a great job with visuals and action sequences. The fight scenes in this are trippy. There's one scene in particular that's like Doctor Strange fights with music. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to spoil it for you, but he fights with the power of music and it's visually one of the coolest things in this. Uh, two thirds, like more than 75% of any anything Wanda does on screen looks the dopest. Like it looks freaking awesome it's the 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 scarlet witch with her spoopiness it's it's here to it's here to stay and i love it and i love how it looks um the the first the first scene in the movie like that 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 shit's amazing like that's the, i love it it's look call it what you want gargantos whatever the shumagorat sassy octopus man he's not necessarily sassy in the the movie but in my mind he's sassy he's a sassy octopus demon from space uh, yeah visually the movie's great characters yeah the characters are great the uh wanda mvp wanda's like performance she takes the cake i have issues with characterization but i'm going to reserve that for a second viewing but i will tell you what um there's a lot in, there's a lot in this movie that defies expectations which is great and it's awesome but it's also you thought that you thought that certain character arcs were going to take you a specific path and then you get there and you're like oh i thought we I thought we took this path already, and I, I don't know, I, I understand, for, 
for, for, for storytelling and for plot reasons, I get why it happens, but honestly, Wanda's great in the movie, but I didn't like how they did her character. And I know it's meant to be, uh, I know, I know it's meant to be like in different levels of accuracy, uh, to the, to the source, to the source material, but all in all, uh, she's awesome. Uh, Wanda's awesome in this movie. Steven, uh, one of my big gripes with the first Doctor Strange is that I know, and this is a personal, this is a personal thing, um... I like how a lot of Marvel movies are doing like pseudo origin stories because at this point we want to spend time with these characters but also see them evolve and develop as, as best as best we can. Uh, seeing Steven's origin story was just like seeing Tony's but he's a little bit more arrogant. Uh, and visually the movie's great but i wasn't a fan of steven's character or even his skill set uh in the first doctor strange movie i knew it eventually was gonna get better but lo and behold so we got to infinity war and he was dope he was like and that was sorcerer supreme like that was sorcerer taco supreme strange like that's that's the strange i wanted to see and then that strange showed up again in uh no way home and you could say oh but spider-man kicked no, he didn't kick Strange's ass. Strange could have decapitated that boy for all we know. Like, Pete, Pete outsmarted him, but defeated him? Nah, fucking Pete kept him at bay at best. But still, seeing Strange be, like, the Strange is awesome. So I loved, I loved his character and his arc. I genuinely took me a bit kind of like getting into, but I also, I, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was awesome. Um, it's, it... I, I I like I like trying to follow Steven because his his similar his story is very similar um, to to Tony's in that it's it's mainly of it's a it's a story of hubris and arrogance. So but it's now with spoopy magic stuff and I'm like I love me some spoopy magic stuff. So it's it, it's cool. But all in all. Um, I enjoyed this this romp with Doctor Stephen Strange, MD, PhD, because he's not a Sorcerer Supreme anymore. Uh, that's not a spoiler. That, that shit came out of No Way Home, and if you haven't seen No Way Home yet, uh, anywho, what else did I like? Uh, script and pacing, solid. It's a solid. Two, it's all the three act structure. Uh, all in all, like I thought, the, the the script was cool. The script was great. Like everything. Why do I sound like Jimmy Fallon? God damn it! It's great. Everybody's great. Oh man, it's so great. It's so great. Script. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Um, is it time to get to spoiler territory? Uh, spoiler territories. Let's let's do do you guys. You guys should we do spoiler territories? Should we? I think we should do spoiler territories. I just want to say the word spoiler territories until you guys say stop, stop, stop yelling into your into your radios. Stop yelling or stop telling say, saying storytelling spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Anyway. Okay. So first impressions, I really liked it. I left a little bit uh, 
my expectations weren't necessarily met. But all in all, super fun movie. Watch it in theaters. Uh, I'm going to go see it twice and uh, and probably do like a, like a second opinion because this is a movie that really deserves a second opinion. I, not that I hated it, but I just have, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, that I want to kind of go back to. So that is First Impressions. Brujeria, brujeria. Impressione, brujeria. Okay. So that was First Impressions. Now, we're going to get into spoiler territory. Spoilers. You've been warned by the spooky spoilers. Target going in th- five, four, three, two, uno. Bongetti. Man, the... F- First, t- the, my gut reaction at seeing the Illuminati was, oh my god, look at the Illuminati, they're awesome. When I saw, uh, oh my god, Black Bolt was super, like, a reference to the comics. He looked awesome. I, I honestly thought Marvel wasn't going to do anything with Black Bolt because Black Bolt's been delegated to the... Uh, Marvel d- uh, bins of dumpster fire shows. It's sitting there along with Iron Fist. No one's seen it, and uh, I I don't know. I don't know what's so awful about it. I did see Medusa's CG hair, and that looked like shit. This is why the power of animation is way better. Animation! It's my shameless plug towards animation. Um, but yeah, the Illuminati are here. Uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards, I was one of the things that was accidentally spoiled by something. I thought it was a Photoshop picture, so I tried to burn it out of my mind when I saw it. Okay, cool. First of all, you know what? I didn't know that the internet had such a say in who gets cast now because the internet has been bitching and complaining about John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as Reed Richards and Sue Storm to the point where Emily Blunt has now gotten fucking annoyed over being asked Fantastic Four questions in press junkets. Like, which I can only imagine that she's yelling at John Krasinski now because he's just reopened those rumors with a Sparta kick to the face. Just, he's like, son of a bitch. That's my my terrible British accent. That's what Emily Blunt sounds like. Like, Pike, why did, John, why did you tell them? Why? I don't know, Emily. John Krasinski is played by Matt Berry. I will play Mr. Fantastic. So yeah, that was awesome. Seeing them was great. Seeing them get fucking uppercut into nothingness and being clapped harder than a goddamn music concert. Jesus. Like, it's the X-Force scene from Deadpool 2. Believe it or not, it's just straight up, look at all these cool characters. The Professor X, he had the chair. La Silla, La Silla Marilla. X, Professor X had La Silla Marilla. La Silla Amarilla. And the, I'm mad that I, that I yelled when he showed up because I saw, I heard that he, he does the... Oh, pardon me. Uh, they play the, the X-Men 1997... Uh, the 1997 fucking uh, theme song. I, I, the... Come along. You know it. 
Okay, so I didn't Anyway, um, yeah, so I loved seeing all of them. I did not love seeing all of them get fucking like sandwiched into defeat. Black Bolt's head fucking blew up, dude. Black Bolt's head collapsed in on itself. That was awful. Reed got Reed got pushed into one of those Play-Doh machines that makes the spaghetti, and then it went just 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 fucking head popped. It was crazy. Uh, Captain Carter was awesome seeing her in live action from What If, and then cleaved through like. Man, like a broken Barbie toy, just right down the middle. It, I didn't like seeing them die, especially you can't give me Charles Xavier. Like I, I've seen Charles die on screen three times in my life. That is one time too many. Like that's, I'm sorry. That is just, you know what? Two times too many. Three times too many. I don't need to see. I know, but uh, I'll get into. Well, I spoke about this earlier with Logan, but. Yeah, I don't need to see it again. And the fact that I saw him die was like, it would. I get that the scene is meant to be humorous because they are variants. We are not supposed to care about them. All it honestly confirms is that there's other universes with other John Krasinski's ready to play our version of Reed Richards. That's cool. That's dope. Um, but I guess I, I knew. It, it's funny. It's literally the, the X-Force scene from Deadpool 2. Look at all these cool characters that we are about to fucking murk in the most disgusting way possible. But I I wish I could have... Man, I don't know. I wish I could... I, I wish they would have done more shit. All they did was stand there and be braggadocious idiots because this is how I know they're the Illuminati because they're fucking morons. The Illuminati in the comics have always been fucking stupid. They're, oh, what are we gonna do? To, to, well, how should we deal with our Hulk problem? Let's throw him into space. It's like, oh, don't you think that's too extreme? Let's throw that bitch into space and look what happened. He came back all fucking pissed. You remember that? You don't read World War Hulk. It was all the Illuminati's fault for being fucking dumb shits so at least they got that right they're arrogant and they're dumb shittery even reed reed is such a smug asshole like he was a smart he was he's he's like that like he's that that stereotypical nerd that you want to punch it's the kind of nerd that nerds hate that that's the nerd that fucking reed played like he's the nerd that other nerds just want to beat the shit out of but they can't because he's made of fucking silly putty but yeah, that was, uh, that's the thing that I feel very mixed about. Um, spoopy strange that, so that is actually my favorite thing about the movie. When you, if you see the trailer, there's a scene where there's like a creepy zombie strange surrounded by like demons and stuff. Surprise, surprise, evil dead reference. That, that strange is the good strange. And it's, he's spoopy and he's awesome. That was the coolest goddamn thing. That's my favorite twist of the entire movie. That it really is. It really is. I thought that was clever. I thought that it was it was one of those things like it's the Chekhov's gun done right. It's an element you show from the beginning. It plays into later and it makes perfect sense for when it shows up. So kudos to that because that was fucking awesome. Uh, and then the post credit scene. Um, I, I man, I have to admit, I really have to admit. Uh. This is a hard one to admit, folks. This one's a really hard one to admit. 
Um, if I... If I... Narcissistically pride myself on something, it's... I do enjoy when people come to me uh, either asking or wanting to know about pop culture stuff, whether it's uh, manga, comics, movies, like... I, lore that, let's call it the, the general populace, doesn't really have any clue on, and they want to be, hey, I wonder if this is the thing, and then they call me, and that's really nice. So that is that is a a, a proud nerd cred that I, I do subconsciously and secretly carry around. But, um, but I have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, gals, pals, and non-binary pals, right, no, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, uh... My, I have brought great dishonor to my dojo. Uh, I brought dishonor on me. I brought dishonor on my cow. I brought dishonor on my whole damn family. Because when I saw the first post credit scene and Charlize Theron walks in and takes Strange to the Dark Dimension, I audibly muttered, I don't know who the fuck that is. And my girlfriend quickly whipped around, like, turned her head and said, Wait, you don't know who that is? And I go, Oh, fuck, I don't know who that is. I have brought dishonor, shame upon my dojo. I have my nerd cred. I tore up a nerd cred. I did not know who that was. Sure, now I know it's Clea because I had to look it up. I don't know that much about Doctor Strange. Like, I know Shuma. The only reason I know Shuma Gorath is because Marvel vs. Capcom. I don't. I know he's from Doctor Strange because someone told me. But Clea, cool. I thought she walked out of an '80s glam video. I kn I saw that it's a an accurate. It's a comic book accurate costume, but I really thought she got out of, like, she walked out of a, out of the fucking Brutal Legend video game or, like, an 80s synth rock video. Um, so that one hurt my nerve, that one hurt my soul, and then the second one made me angry. <laughs> it's, again, it's a cool reference. It's very, it's, it's a very, let's call it a very stylized post credit scene, but I... I was like, really, I waited the entirety of the credits for this. I sat, but it did give me the time to sit with the movie and like ruminate on my, on the proceedings that just occurred before me. And, uh, and yeah, so what do I give this movie? What is, oh, you can come back from spoilers, by the way. This is a, hey, how are you? Oh, so good to see you. I'm so glad you're back. You're looking really handsome, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you really are. Look at that nice, like, look at that. I love that dress, and I love your earrings. Like, they're, they're so, oh, they, they highlight your eyes. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I'm here talking about Doctor Strange. Um, now that you're back from spoilers, you can come in and sit down and watch and, and hear what my final result is. Uh, what do I give this review? Final review, honestly, it's a very high clips and bits with chips. And I'll tell you why. Did I enjoy this movie? I really enjoyed this movie. I, I am going to, again, I'm going to watch this at least a second time in theaters. Um, I really like this movie. But 
I have to be honest and say that this movie has more really cool sequences. I don't know. I wouldn't watch the whole thing from beginning to end. I think that I think it's that. I think this movie has a lot of really great moments. Um, it's very much. I I honestly, it's really it's a really high clips and bits with chips and very like a, an inch below hype stream level because when this comes out, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, but it's probably not a movie that I'm going to be watching over and over and over again. It's very much going to be like, there's a, there's a bunch of sequences in this movie that I am definitely going to watch over and over and over and over and over again. So going to get myself some cookies, like make some, some spinny circles and make, uh, Vulcan hands and spoopy fingers. And I'm going to watch the clips and bits with chips. It's going to be. It's going to be great. I encourage you to go watch this in theaters at least once or twice, preferably IMAX to get the the full-blown experience. I haven't seen it in IMAX yet. I probably am going to see it in IMAX for my second viewing. Um but yeah, it's a uh, it's a clips and bits with chips. So yeah, man. That's that's uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Really dug it. Really dug it. But uh, just needed a couple more. I wanted a couple more things out of it, but that's okay. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Yeah, man. Brujeria, brujeria, can the lumba lumba see a little bit of that of the dozy. Brujeria, brujeria, canta todos los días. Y es que voy a sentarme aquí y cantarse por ti. Brujeria, brujeria, cha! Well, brujeria, brujeria aside, guys, thank you so much for passing by. Uh, uh, I hope you enjoyed the Silver Linings rankings. I hope you enjoyed the Doctor Strange review. And uh, you know what? Episode 5, we're halfway through Season 1. And if you've stuck around for now, thank you so much for, for your support. If you're just joining us, welcome to the show. And... Uh, I'm trying to make this grow little by little and make this uh, into the little podcast that could. So, you know what? If you really enjoyed the show, uh, leave a review, leave a like, share it in your, with your friends, share it on social media. Tell me if you like it. Tell me if you love it. Tell me if you hate it. Tell me if my voice is grating and annoying and uncomfortable. Or you can tell me that my voice is causing a uncontrollable fervor in your loins. That also is a possibility, one that I don't... Uh, I don't unencourage. I, I quite the contrary. I do encourage it. Uh, so yeah, guys, I really, I really am thankful for uh, your support. I'm glad you're enjoying the content, and uh, I'm really happy. I'm super psyched. I'm really pumped. Um, we're we're halfway there, guys. We're halfway there. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I have a lot of really cool things in store, and uh, and yeah, you guys stay. Stay classy, stay awesome, keep finding your silver linings, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Go, go outside, pet a tree, get some photosynthesis going, and you know what? I love you all. You guys are awesome. You're all awesome. So, uh, yeah. Seriously, guys, thanks for passing by. Take care and keep finding that silver lining. Bye-bye.